Welcome to Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. This is Nat. And this is Z. Good up, morning, up, good afternoon, up. good evening, whatever time it is that you are listening Konnichiwa. to us. <laughs> All of that. Good morning, top of the morning, yes, or yes. afternoon, mm-hmm. whatever where, whatever time zone you're in. Yes. How y'all doing? How you doing? How you doing? So one of the things I, I, I want us to clarify, to clear up, is that we kept saying, oh, we might do inner child next week, inner child next week, inner child next week, not knowing that we had already done healing your inner child. <laughs> Forgive us. I mean, it's been a, a challenging 2023 mentally for yes. for a lot of us so yes. and i've had a lot of my plate lately just juggling a lot um i you know i plan my family's vacations so i've, I've been doing that um and also going on spring our spring break journey mm-hmm. um and then i've been we usually take a girl's trip every year we weren't we weren't able to kind of all come together with a date on when we could all go. Right. And so um, we are now just doing girlfriend things monthly. Um, and so I've been planning our monthly events. And I will say She's a go, the first y'all. two events stressed me. The no, the first event didn't stress me out, which was brunch. Right. But the last two were just challenging for April and May. Yeah. It just was a lot. Um, but I will say it wasn't the girls that were doing it this time. Because usually y'all stress me the fuck out. Y'all know this. <laughs> it wasn't y'all doing you it this time. Out every I quit. Year, every year she's like, I ain't doing this shit again. I think we've actually even talked about this with like traveling with your tribe or something like that. Yes. Like I quit every year. I'm like, I'm not every doing this anymore. Quits, I refuse. Y'all. I rebuke y'all. <laughs> I have a drawer, y'all. I'm like, I'm done. And then I find myself right back in the mix. Yes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was. Funny. But I will say it's a it's a lot going on. Um, there's shortages in this in in all different types of industries, service yeah. industry included. Um, so it has been a challenge to really try to find something. And it's funny, like some of the events that I plan when we do go away, um, specifically when I spa, if I if I you know, try to coordinate that. It's been easier with a larger group when we're not in the DMV area. Yeah. For some reason, it was very challenging to find a place that would accommodate all of us. Right. Which and was very about, strange. That we're not that big a group. <laughs> no. So I was, I was like, it's what do you 10, do? Y'all. Right. It's I was like, 10 of us. What do you do when you have like people who are getting married and that's what they want to do for wedding parties yes. and bachelorette parties? Like, how do you accommodate them? Because clearly, I'm maybe I'm not speaking the language that you need to hear. Yeah. But but we found a place and yes. we are going. Next and week. we will update you guys on what the experience is like. Boop, boop. But um, we could get into the tea on the table. Oh. Okay. But, you know, we're not doing, we're in the season of not giving tea recommendations. Yes, yes. Currently, currently for the springtime. But we are giving you places to enjoy tea around the DMV. And this one is called the Hillwood Estates Museum and Gardens. So it's D.C.'s dreamy Hillwood Estate, former home of art collector Marjorie, excuse me, Merriweather, who I guess is like, Who's in charge, like, um, who who got the Meriwether Post Pavilion named after her? Uh, I'm okay. guessing, mm-hmm. because Probably. she sounds like a philanthropist type of person. Probably. Um, and things, I'm not really sure, but I think that maybe That's an educated guess, and I would, I would support yeah. that guess. Yes. So, um, it was adorned in 18th century French elegance, is the gorgeous side of this afternoon tea service. For groups of 10 or more. So our group could not go to this. But Really? Yeah. Well, I guess at least 10 or or more is what they're looking at. It's a family-style feast. It includes miniature scones, chicken salad, croissants, Mm -mm. sandwiches. Guess what? We could go if we bring the girls. Hello. There we go. Bringing the ladies. That's what sounds like a field trip. Mm -hmm. Field trip. Field trip. They have lemon lavender sugar cookies. That sounds delightful. It does. With a choice of hot or cold Damon Freire teas. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how we're going to say it today. (laughs) (laughs) That's parlez-vous français. It's about as much as I speak. Okay. Price is $28.50 per person. 
with um with supplements like mini quiches and you got a call to reserve you know what maybe that will be our july event because i think june we'll do a winery before it gets too hot mm. oh did i send you that other winery no the hennessy creek bed and breakfast winery no send that to me maybe you did in crofton or not crofton. yes brandy wine it's in brandy um, yes mm. So. You know, I don't like, I'm sorry if anybody's listening that is from that place <laughs> that lives down that way, but I do not it's like not going or venturing. You don't have to pack a bag. You don't have to book a flight. But I do not to... like driving that way. It is far. I just don't. It, it's, it feels like a whole nother country. It driving really to Brandywine, Waldorf, <laughs> La Plata, it's just not my cup of tea. Okay. <laughs> Pun intended. It's just not. Yes. It's just not hot. Pun I feel intended. like you have to pack. Yeah, I feel like you have to pack a lunch. You do to have to pack there. a lunch. And then, you know, I have a, we have a soror, one of our sorors, um, she lives out there. And anytime um, we've been to an event at her house, we're like, yeah, so I'll be staying. What time is checking? Yeah. What time if you're drinking, out? right. Yeah, it's a wrap. If you are ha- at requiring, <clears throat> if you are inviting me to a party or an event at your house, yes. you have to start it at 10 so I can get there on time. Yes. And I have enough time to leave to get back to my side of the world. <laughs> Basically. Because I far. can't. It is for me. It is far. I, just can't I went out it. there to, was it Waldorf? Brandywine? Whatever, to go see Roe James one night. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I didn't drive because, wow, I felt like it's taken us 45 minutes to get here. You know what? I think if I'm going to go visit somebody that lives out there, I'm going to do car service because I just refuse. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I won't. And I'm not talking about Uber. I'm talking about a car service, okay? Car service. Because I refuse, okay? Home Jeeves. Um, Home Jeeves. Yes, I just Because I cannot. I can't. Um, It really is. It really far. Yes. And if that makes me sound high maintenance or bougie, so be it. Because those are facts. Embrace it and keep it moving. Um, (laughs) So we're going to get into, yes, we're going to get into some hot tea. Um, this Jonathan Majors thing has taken a turn. Uh-oh. Uh, his management and publicists have dropped him. <gasps> so in my mind, Ooh. it's either he's not listening to their advice and going off the advice of his attorney, which has not been good advice thus far. Oh, and true. so they're like, well, if you're going to go down this path and listen to them, then we can't be involved. So that's one way I think, think about it. The other way I think about it is we, this is too messy. And we found mm. there's these allegations to be truthful and we can't associate ourselves any further with. with you. So you could take it both ways. His attorneys are definitely trying to spin the narrative that he did not do it. Right. They had video released recently of her being in a club the day of the attack. And I'll say this. I'm not saying that he didn't do it. I'm just saying if I get choked out, to the point where I pass out and had to go to the hospital. The last place I'm going to be is in somebody's club. I'm just not going to do it. I am not going to do it. Right. Now, Some who's people, just, that's maybe how they cope. Right? It could be. It could be. I'm just saying I, you'd be hard-pressed to find me in the club. Now, mm. y'all know I'm, I, I support women. I believe women. I have some of my own opinions about this that I shall keep to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that there is also the other side that, you know, now she's, they're saying that if it goes to court, she's going to say he didn't attack her. She attacked him. They, the driver of the vehicle that they were in is going to say that the attacker wasn't him. It was her. And mm-hmm. abuse victims tend to cover up for their abuser. Yes, especially when they're not in the in the in the realm of wanting to leave yet or having that person out of their life yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, on the other side of it, there are people who say that they have been abused by by his hands and that they have now come forward to give their their testimony and their account. So we'll we'll see how all this plays out. It's definitely not a good look for Jonathan Majors, and mm. I hope he gets whatever justice he deserves. Yeah, and I'll leave it at that. If if he deserves to go to jail, then that's the justice he deserves. If he deserves to be exonerated, that's what he deserves. But I just wish whatever justice he deserves to be served. Right. That's how I feel. Um, the Dalai Lama. 
Mm. So I will, from this point forward, not call myself the Hood Dalai Lama because I don't want to be associated with what the hell is going on in these streets with the Dalai Lama. He asked some little boy to suck his tongue. Mm. Mm. In what universe is that okay? None, y'all. None. I'm here to tell you. None. And that little boy looked very scared and confused Uh, and like, what? I don't even know why you would say that. There's no scenario that you can tell me that that translation or that that statement could be translated in any other way than what it sounded like. No teasing, because I think that's what he said. He was just teasing a little boy. Why would you tease someone to say, suck your tongue? Like, there's just things that just don't, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Like, suck your tongue? No. No. (laughs) Stick out your tongue? Okay. Okay. But that ain't what that man said. That man said, suck Mm. my tongue. There's only certain situations that should be involved with that, i.e. that unconventional relationship conversation we had a couple weeks ago. Not even that. Consenting adults. Right. Yes, that's what I mean. Consent. That's the only framework that that phraseology should come into play between consenting adults. Like. If that's what you do, that's your business. And I'm not going to say that he's part of this whole like, I don't follow down the rabbit hole of these pizza pedo mm-hmm. people who think that, like, there's a pizza shop in D.C. that's, like, trafficking right. children. QAnon. And We're not the QAnon. I'm not QAnon. And those yeah. people are batshit crazy. Hell and, yeah. like, Wayfair is in Wait, the network. What? Yeah, so I don't oh know if you God. remember back then, back in, during that time when the whole Pizzagate happened, there was, like, something that was, like, posted on Wayfair's website and it was like a chest. Um, and it said something like a child. It said something that would that you literally would take and read as, oh, they are putting a child in this and shipping this to somebody to the highest bidder. That's what it sounded like. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, it could have been a mistake. It could not have been a mistake. I don't know. But now Wayfair is part of this trafficking of children network, so QAnon says. That they traffic children using the website and that certain furniture that you purchase is actually, you're purchasing humans. Yeah. Oh. And it was file cabinets, and they give file cabinets names. Wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's part of the dark web. Yeah, it ain't too dark because I saw it. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. How how did that even wow? You know, now I'm gonna say that it's not possible. Right. I because, mean because if you like look at that movie Taken, yeah, and it's like that whole subculture. Yeah, the Stranger they, Things have happened. Stranger Things have happened. You know, what's so, his face? The dude uh, yeah, but But I just say <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, the cabinet. It was called the Ashley and it cost seventy eight thousand dollars. So they were saying that it was actually a person and they were selling the person whose name was Ashley for $78,000. Wow. And Wayfair was like, it was a mistake and the cabinet wasn't that much. It was just a whole bunch of stuff and it was just crazy. And it was during that time where they were like, lock her up with Hillary. And remember they raided that pizza shop in, right. I think it was like Georgetown, Georgetown or, or U Adams street Morgan or Adams or Morgan or something. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, that pizza shop, I don't even know if it's still in business, but they were, like, getting harassed. I think people tried to blow it up. It's, like, crazy. Yeah, crazy. somebody came in and either... And, like, shot up. Shot or up the something. place or uh-huh. was brandishing a gun mm-hmm. or something. <clears throat> so, I just wonder how people get into these... And I know this is complete side topic, but how do people even get into these conversations and then get on board? With the conversations to be completely consumed that there is even a following and there's flags. And then, like, I've never understood the... the, I see how some people get into cults to Mm -hmm. a degree. But when they go down this route, 
where it just seems like what what that like how do you put those things together and that there's more of you together to get together to well you have to it. look at it right there is i mean how do people get in abusive relationships right how do people True. get into um cults it's it's there's something within there's us that hook. if there's always a hook there's always a hook how do people and, get hooked into prostitution not willingly like the, a lot of girls get trafficked yeah. based on some of the same premises that we're talking about now mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. somebody's gonna sell you a dream yeah or somebody's speaking the language that you want to speak you may have been you know uh the government may have done something to you that yeah. just like made you completely shut down and then Natural. now you just are like the government shit and then it just takes a spiral or they yeah. speak your language the white man is going into extinct extinction and so yes. you start hearing that and then you start believing it and then you just become so riled up i mean if you hear it enough yeah. and then you start people start showing you things that make you be, make it seem like that's happening then you are going to eventually at some point sub, sub, you know subscribe to that same philosophy it's fascinating to me and in, in how um uh, behavior is it is um, um I, it I watched this documentary on Jared, um, the, the, the subway, subway guy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And that was... I saw that. It was on, I believe it was on Hulu. And it uh-huh. was crazy. Like, really? the way that... Yeah, they had a whole network. And this guy got with this woman and, like, made her change from being, like, a devout Christian to, like, a sexual deviant to where she was trying yeah. to pimp out her own daughters. So you you just... You never know. It can happen. <laughs> It and I feel amazing. like zealots, people who are extremely religious, are yeah. even more susceptible to this because of the fact that they are so... It's easy for them. And I'm not saying that religion is bad. I'm not saying yeah. any of that. I'm saying the people who are like extreme religious zealots, you can see how it's probably easy to turn them from being a, like a devout cat... like. A, like a devout Christian like that to something mm-hmm. else because anything in excess is bad it's yes. too much moderation is key it's always key so when you you could see if anybody if, if you're going to go from zero to 60 in one area I definitely can get you to go from zero to 60 in another I just got to find what the sweet spot is and the sweet spot yeah. is usually the same foundation regardless true. of what the message is that is true that you intersection know? it's always going to be that mm-hmm. um but anyway, uh, moving to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we're talking about anything in excess is bad. A lot of y'all out here in these streets, y'all Gen Xers. <laughs> A lot of y'all born in the early 70s and beyond. Yes. 70s. Some of y'all born in the eight, early 80s are a little shook because they got a freak Nick documentary coming out. Yeah, I personally buddy. am not because I had never attended Free I'm Mick. Mark safe. I am definitely Mark safe. But apparently there are like these high prominent people within mm. uh different areas of uh the, the life. I say the life yeah. <laughs> the industry. Um <laughs> that are really like, no, mm-mm. I'm going to need y'all to cut this. this out because I know I'm in one of those videos and <laughs> <laughs> And I got clearance now. Right. So uh so there, I don't need nobody seeing what was going right. on. So they're apparently trying to stop halt the documentary. Now, let them people do let me tell you something. Let that be. I saw y'all do listen. I s I wanna watch the Freak Nick documentary just yep. as much as I wanted to watch the Woodstock, the yep. resurgence of the Woodstock documentary that I watched that happened in the nineties. I uh-huh. want to see it. I wanna see it. Yeah. It happened. Don't deny me. It's part of life. <laughs> Don't deny me. <laughs> entertainment. Don't deny me. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure they're going to blur out a lot of faces because a lot of people yes. don't give their likeness or whatever. Right. But, and I feel like the difference between the Woodstock documentary and this is that when the Freaknik wasn't like some 
like ticketed event that you went to, right? Yeah. So for the Woodstock, like the resurgence was like Woodstock 90, whatever. Uh -huh. I feel like the reason why a lot of those people didn't get their faces blurred out is because probably on the ticket, when they purchased the ticket, this is why you need to read the fine print. It said like that man. we are able but the purchase of the ticket we can use your likeness this this mm -hmm. and that for anything we choose to Going moving forward. forward henceforth and so because a lot of that footage they got from the the mtv um mm -hmm. uh who else the probably the promoters of that festival so sure. um i would say and, you probably I mean people had cameras then too right so, you know just right, saying. I mean, just saying. I would say they probably have a better chance of getting their faces blurred out in these doc in this documentary because mm -hmm. it, you did not legally you did not give permission, permission for people to use your likeness and blah 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 blah. But the thing is, we're living in a different era now, and so mm -hmm. I'm I may not see it, but somebody's going to see it because people have videos that they've been posting. Oh, that's <laughs> going into the dungeon. <laughs> Man, they pulled out them little, their little VHS mm -hmm. and stuff, and playing it on their VH on their VCR, and right. recording it with their cell phone. And hello, it, good morning. Which so. is a lot. Like, why would that is a lot though? Like, I don't know if I was back. It's like think about it. We went to spring break. Mm -hmm. We didn't have cell phones. No. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> knows why we are all thankful that there were no cell phones on spring break is what i'm saying but nowadays i could go on spring break with nobody today because <laughs> i would not want to end up a world star on tmz let me no tell you y'all can no call us these new kids be saying y'all born in the 19s 1900s listen i have never been more happy to be born in the 1900s y'all kids can have it because i cannot believe i would not be able to how do y'all move in the world where people are yes. videotaping are we, everything and recording every movement like y'all just don't understand anything y'all don't understand discretion y'all don't understand Nothing. just having a good time and keeping the memories in your head like there are things that you are going to do in your youth yes that you might they not necessarily in want head. document <laughs> exactly and a lot everything. of y'all have stuff that has been documented Ooh. and will live in infamy I tell and i don't kids. understand why I tell my kids all the time, I say, I know y'all are on the phone 24-7, but please be mindful that as an employer, mm -hmm. that we do look for that stuff, whether we say we do or not. We do. And then you wonder why you never got a call back. Right. Because you done recorded everything. Exactly. And certain things just do not need to be. You just need to live in the moment. You don't have to record every nope. living moment. Like... Use your brain to record that moment. Because then guess what you'll, you'll become once you get older, when you keep getting denied stuff, the topic of our episode, Hello. Bitter Betty. Boop, and boop. that, we're going to go to a break and come back with the topic of the day. And we are back. Today's topic is bitter, being a bitter Betty. Are you a bitter Betty? What is a bitter Betty? Mm. So what is bitter? It is feelings, emotions, and how you tend to act towards others. And most often, it's when you say mean things to people that hurt people. Mm. Um, like you intentionally are saying these things. You feel like a, a hatred towards something or someone. If you feel sorry for yourself um, for something that didn't happen or did happen, um, you can you know, it could be wrapped up in you picking fights to be antagonistic or vindictive or spiteful. Um, it typically involves a ton of resentment about the feeling that life isn't fair. Um, and we all know we've probably encountered bitter people in our lives. Bitterness can taint everything. I mean, think about when you drink something and it's bitter. Ugh. Like bitterness is just, you know. Um, fortunately, it usually fades with time and perspective and work and healing, right? And self-reflection. Mm -hmm. But if it's too strong or lingers for too long, it can keep you from moving forward and healing. And we see that with a lot of people. 
I've known right. people who are just stuck in their bitterness and unable to move forward because they feel like life has just done them mm. so wrong. Mm. Um, and it makes it hard for you if you continue to live in this bitterness to have a fulfilling, healthy relationship, healthy friendships, and healthy experiences. So, so how do we become bitter? Whew. Well, definitely starting out with and I think this is probably the origin of some of a uh, lot of why people are bitter before you meet them or know anything about them. They're not forgiving of others. You know, a lot of people equate forgiveness with forgetting something that happened altogether mm -hmm. or saying, oh, it's okay, it happened. That's not what forgiveness is about. And we've talked about that in one of our previous episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and people claim that they've forgiven for forgiven someone but we really know that they have not and it mm -hmm. is evidenced by their behavior or what they say or what they don't say and real forgiveness means allowing yourself to be free from that resentment and you know and forgiveness is for you not mm -hmm. the other person it's Absolutely. so that you can release whatever feelings um that you may have about the situation and move on from it and go about your business and go about your life with walking around having a cloud over your head you know, just being bitter and um, who's that? That was that like Grumpy, the little um, dwarf. He he wasn't really like bitter, but he was just people who walk around and have like a little cloud over their head all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like a visual for someone who's bitter. You know, I you know how I feel about. I do believe that forgiving, forgiveness, and forgetting are definitely always equated and always yes. added together because we always say that 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 forgive and forget and you know i don't believe in forgiving and forgetting uh -huh. i believe in remembering and recovering mm -hmm. and that's not to say that there isn't forgiveness in that but i just don't believe in the forgive and forget because you're never going you will never forget someone mm -hmm. doing something harmful to you i don't care yeah. how much you think <clears throat> it becomes a core memory Unless you win yes. Inside Out, that movie, that, that yes, Disney movie. Yes, Inside Out, that core memory. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, from that yeah. movie. Unless something happens inside and you got these little people in there and your core memories start to disappear like that, right. you're never going to forget what somebody did for you, did to you. So it may you be late, latent for a while, but it, it may, but it's forget. hard. Like, yeah. Um, that's why we say, rem I say, remember and recover. You got to recover from it. Remember it so that you know that it will never happen to you again because you see the signs. But Correct. recover from it and move forward because mm -hmm. I don't care. Everybody knows when they got bullied when they were in elementary school. Yeah. Who doesn't remember that? People remember that for the rest of their entire lives. Right. You remember your first time somebody broke your heart? Yes. You never forget that. Oof. Man. I remember that when I was at Pitt. No, you remember that. Thought so, I was gonna die. That's no. what I'm saying. But but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually goes into forgiving yourself, but not forgiving yourself. Because just as much as you may or may not feel like you can forgive, you're not forgiving forgiving others, not forgiving yourself is another huge part. Like if you have regret, embarrassment, shame. Mm, shame is a big and one. And it haunts you. Yes, yeah, shame. Huge. And it haunts you for years, negative thoughts. You have a pessimistic outlook. The whole the glass is half full. Half full. Um, you know everything is people. Everybody's coming coming to get you. You just you know you've heard, you know these people. You've heard these people. You know um, and it, you know a lot of those things. It has been shown to reduce depression if you forgive yourself because you're not playing it over and over in your in your head. But then on the other side of that of the whole. Of another thing is the all or nothing type of, of mentality where it's rigid and everything has to be a certain way. And if it doesn't work out, negativity seems to magnify itself. And if things appear worse than they really are, you know, focus on what's gone wrong and what's gone right. You know, folks, you know, folks who talk about this all the time who will be in. And I was talking to a young lady the other day and she was in the car with her sister and she has a more positive outlook. She's learning to talk to herself, self-talk, positive self-talk. But her sister was in the car like, oh, my God, this is a, now we in traffic. Now we're not going to do this. And now we did, like, everything was like, nah, nah, nah. And she's like, now we're going to be late. And look at this traffic. We're going to be sitting here forever. And people can't drive. And da, 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 da. And her sister was like, but we can't. But we're going to get there. It's going to be okay. 
but her outlook was just like negative Boy. Nancy, mm -hmm. a negative Nancy. Um, you, or you hold people to higher standard than you hold yourself. This is a surefire way to get um, disappointed and be bitter all the damn time, for sure. We're hardest on others when we see our own traits in them. Things we don't want oh, to admit wait, to Oh, wait, 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 go back to that. That is absolutely 100% true. A yes. lot of us are bitter because we are reflecting who mm. we are onto other people. Yes, projection. And we are seeing ourselves in mm. those people and therefore thinking that we should be holding them to a higher standard, but it's really we wish we were holding ourselves to a higher mm. standard. Hypocrite. So, yeah, so there is this bitterness thing that is taking over. Mm -hmm. And some people realize it's true. happening. That's big. A lot of shit happens because you project onto other people. Yes. Your shit on other people. And not even, there's no self-awareness. No. That you're projecting. And and you, you feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, like those those hypocrites. There's so many hypocritical, hypocritical things going on now in this day and age that the list is too long for me to go into. But that's a huge one. Mm -hmm. You really need to sit and reflect on that. Um, believing things will never get better. Oh, oh my goodness. That's like that lady in the Inside Out, um, the little blue lady. Oh who yeah, was yeah. Just sad mm -hmm. and just negative Nancy the whole time. Severe hopelessness can be very dangerous. Putting other people at increased risk for putting people at risk for suicide, depression, um, a lot of negative self-talk, and how things. Excuse me. <clears throat> how things will never improve can do significant day-to-day -day damage on you because if you wake up and don't think anything is going to go well you know it's just it can do a doozy on your mental i'll never be able to pay off my student loans the world is a bad place it's not getting better you know um showing how your hopelessness all the time and it's it's very annoying if you're around someone and you hear this all the time. I mean, and, and, but the thing is also, it's just like a lot of this kind of goes into us thinking about like with that particular one, believing that things will never get better. Something has happened to that person to make them think that something has yes. never gotten better. And it could be that a lot of times it's like you, again, put higher expectations on other people than you do yourself. You mm -hmm. haven't forgiven yourself for something. You haven't forgiven somebody else for something. So now you think things will never get better, but it's also because you haven't put the work in right. to actually get better. Talk now, sure, it. exactly. There are some people like, I'll never be able to pay off my student loans, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Biden was like, you get forgiveness. You, you get, get forgiveness. forgiveness. And you. you get forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, there was probably some people in that mindset that that happened to right yeah there are going to be some people who that mindset that that didn't happen to but guess what you could you could just ruminate in that and say i'm never gonna be able to pay my student loans off or you could be like you know what i ain't never paying these student loans off and I, don't care, and I don't care and i don't care it's just gonna be another bill like that. i'm a dad they still bill. gonna be there and guess what y'all can't get the, <laughs> that money from me after death so there you go exactly <laughs> I mean, and you, Exactly. But I understand how it's easy to be susceptible to that type of belief, especially if there's nothing else in your life that seems to be going in the mm -hmm. right direction. But you do have to kind of try to figure it out and pull yourself out of it and stop thinking that everything is always going to be this downward spiral, yes. this downward trajectory to Gloom death doom. and bitterness and despair. Like, right. Yeah. And trust, when people are around you, anybody want to hear that? <laughs> and anybody want to hear that? I know, not all I know. the time. Not all the time. I can't have that. Not all the that. time. I know we all got to vent, and then we all go through the, like, oh, my gosh, life sucks. And we all have those moments. But if you unpack and stay there, that that's what we're talking about. Like, you just think everything, the world is coming to an end in some way, shape, or form. But just, like, on the, on the flip side, just imagine how much peace you can feel just by allowing yourself to be harmonious, to think things are harmonious and beautiful and that, you know, birds chirp and, you know, and practice that, you know, because a lot of times if you keep these negative thoughts, they have so much staying power and can take over your life and they give more power to things than they should, mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, and then there's this this one. I it goes in line with this as far as believing you have less control over your life than you really do. Learned helplessness, which I think is a huge topic, because there's a lot of people out here who have learned helplessness that goes in hand in hand with entitlement, and it just causes them to be a dysfunctional adult, just because you just can't handle nothing. Um, learned helplessness is a term first identified by Martin Sligman. Sleekman, I don't think I sell again. I'm probably saying that wrong <laughs> his, his name wrong. My bad, sir. My, my bad, Martin. Um, involves a belief that we don't have control over our situations, even when we do, and we convince ourselves we shouldn't even bother try. Just like, mm, you know, whatever. It's just, it is what it is. That's life. I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to be here and take it. And then this is a big one, I think, with our generation, the believing the myth of arrival. And that refers mm. to the idea that once you've arrived at a certain point in your life, everything will fall into place that you've waited for and your your life will begin. And I think Instagram perpetuates this thought for a lot of people. Whether we, and we all know, and we've talk about, talked about people on Instagram, that is not real life sometimes, people. So it causes people to think, unfortunately, it's created a culture of individuals that compare their reality to Instagram reality, which oftentimes is not reality. And now you feel like, oh, that person has arrived, that person is traveling, that person is doing this, that, the other with their life. And now you feel like I, I should, right when I when I turn 35, I'm going to be married and have 2.5 kids and a dog and be head of the CEO of some company. And that's when I'm, my life is going to start going the way I wanted to. And even when you, and then when you get to that point, you feel like, okay, this was nothing like I thought. Like, I get this promotion Uh and I'm going to be on. And it's just like, yeah, you got that, you know, high six figure salary, Mm -hmm. but you're working 20 hours a week and you barely see your kids Mm -hmm. and your marriage is falling apart. Or yeah, when I, you know, we say this all the time. When I lose these 20 pounds, Girl, you bitch look good at me, and you lose 20 pounds, and you're still in the same right shit. Looking like a model, and, and you still wait talking about when I lose these last five pounds. Yeah, you're still in the muck because your your mentality hasn't caught up. But yeah. then again, it's also because we have been taught this fairy tale. Mm. Like, I feel like with, when it comes to generations, our generation did not have, thankfully, the social media aspect to all yes. of this, right? So we only could go by experience. Mm -hmm. Like when we get there, this is what it's going to be like, right? Right. Our social media was videos. We see them like rappers and singers in the fancy cars and the the jewelry and the car. And and we think, okay, if I become a rapper, that's how my life going to be. If I become this, this is how my life is going to be. And then even if you do that, you're like, this is nothing that I thought it was going to be. Right. You know what I mean? This is not... Where I thought this was going to take me. At all. At all. And, and then, you become deli- uh, then you become a bit delusional. Right. Right. And we put our happiness on hold because we said we cannot be happy until these things happen to me. Yeah. So then if they right never there. happen, then you're, you've, you've never, you're never happy. Right. That one I think is huge because people are like, when, when I get this, then I'll be happy. When I get that, I'll be happy. When I get this, my life will, my life will begin. Mm-hmm. And you've lost out on your life. In real time, right? You know, a a cute, a cute, a key point to this. I remember, I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to have a house. I can't wait till I buy my own thing. Da 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 da, because I'm gonna be able to do what I want. Da 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 da." I bought my condo, uh, and that shit was nothing but heartbreak, heartburn, and headache. Okay, it was nothing. Home ownership was nothing that I thought it was going to be. Okay, that is so applicable. Like, once I once I go get married. And then people would be like, who the hell said this was going to be X, Y, and Z? Or adulting. I can't wait until I'm an adult. Oh, adulting, adulting is, is a key thing. Adulting is very ghetto. Get, I do not recommend <laughs> zero stars. Adulting <laughs> is trash, okay? <laughs> adulting is like the worst. Adulting is a scam, okay? It is. It is really a pyramid. It's a, it's a pyramid scheme that you got set, set up in, and you didn't ask. You got signed up for, and you didn't ask to be. It's no, seriously. You've been made off. That's all I gotta say. Listen, uh, this is what adulting is. Your parents decided we're gonna have some kids, 
And then when they get to a point, they're going to take care of us. Right. And then they're going to have kids. Right. Then you be like, oh, I'm going to have kids so they can take care of me. Right. It's a cycle. It is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's adulting. A racket, it is a racket. It is a racket. And all I know is the fact that there is a cartoon, there is a commercial now about adulting sucks. It that does. It speaks volumes. It is the f- <laughs> worst, okay? And I see myself, like, and my, mom, my mama in me when I'm looking at Charlie, and she be like, I want to do this. I'm like, girl, enjoy your five yes. years on this earth. Yes. And then take your time. I said, because it is it's trash. It is not what you think. I saw somebody post recently that they're going to let their, their children, their daughters, be stay-at-home daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Because adulting is trash and they just don't want their children to go through that. So they're going to allow them to live in their homes until they get married. Well, you know, that's what they say is happening nowadays. You know, folks, you know, we're um, getting ready to leave and go out the house. Folks are like, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to move back home. And in some ways I understand it. Like, I don't want my child to be out there struggling and doing all this and blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, I'm like, look, I had to do it. Get your ass out there. You'll make it. You'll survive. (laughs) You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. It's a pyramid scheme. You'll be all right. You just sign somebody else up for it. Right. You had somebody under you. You can get you a team. Get you a team. You're going to be all right. <laughs> and then um, another one is overgeneralizing, it, you know, which manifests itself in believing if that if you fail at one thing, that you'll fail at anything. The tendency to, you know, um, overgeneralize, t- turn a mountain, a molehill into a mountain. You know, folks who just think it is the end of the world, get, um, and they their their mindset is give an inch and they'll take a mile. Somebody will always take advantage of you. Like they always think. It's the worst, of the worst of people. You know, you know it's, you know, y'all people know you. Y'all know who these people are. You've heard them. Yeah, they like just think everybody's out to get you. Oh, men ain't good for nothing. Yes, men ain't. Women are. Mm-hmm. Like listen to any of these these other podcasters now. These young podcasters, and these are some of the most bitter youth I've ever yes. met. And you, if you don't think that they are bitter, they are. They've taken one experience yes. and they have generalized a whole group of women or a whole group of mm-hmm. men based on the experience of one or yep. some. Yep. It's ridiculous. It, it's kind of, come on now, let's let's have some discernment around here for a little bit. It's a little bit of some, but a lot of times that does not happen. Mm-mm. And then this is a big one, because if you're bitter... Chances are you're not practicing gratitude. Mm. It's much harder to be bitter about your late arriving dinner. I'm never coming to this restaurant again. You know, there's those people you go to work, go to out to eat with, and <laughs> the waiter doesn't come by to get water, give y'all water or something, and they just are ready to write that whole place off. Meanwhile, you take a pause and look. That one person is working the entire room. Let me tell you, it's, I firmly believe that a person will tell you who they are based on how they treat people in the service industry. Mm -hmm. I am not one to quickly pop off on a waiter, a person working at a front desk. I'm just not that person because I understand the dynamic that everybody is and got other shit going on other than what this day is holding, right? This is their job. And they're coming to work to do a job. And sometimes the service that you're getting is not something that they can control. And right. I know a lot of people, it's hard for them to kind of understand that mm-hmm. and grasp that concept. Yeah. But sometimes it's not under their control. Now, there are blatant times where I'm just like, mm, 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 yeah. you know, Mm-mm. I'm also one that's, that doesn't need to be vocal about certain things. I don't have to yes. tell you I'm never coming to this restaurant again. Right. I don't have to tell you I'm never coming to this hotel again. One, you don't give a shit because you don't own the restaurant and you don't own the hotel. <laughs> what you give a shit for? Why am I telling you? You don't care. I don't care. You know? you don't Even care. if you get the manager to come, the manager don't give a damn. They're trained to be like, okay, because as you leave, right. that's not their business ain't going to suffer. Right. I'm just the type of person I just decide not to spend my money with you anymore. And then there I move go. on. I don't, I, I move on. Now, if it is deplorable service, if you have just wronged me 
in any way, shape, or form mm -hmm. from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, if you have provided me your ass to kiss, oh, then there's going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> oh, we're going to have words. It's going to be some repercussions, some tables moving. But if Furniture it's not moving. that, because I understand the practice of gratitude, I understand that I have been able and have been given the ability to even come to this place. Yeah. So now that I've practiced that and I understand it and I acknowledge, like, you know, okay, yeah, this dinner might not have turned out the way that I would have wanted to, but I was with my friends. Right. This hotel stay wasn't up to my standard, mm -hmm. but look at all the memories I made, the laughs that I had. Me and my friends could actually laugh about the bullshit that happened right. on this trip. Even with this bad experience. Exactly. That's how I look at stuff. Exactly. I have to look at stuff like that. Because, again, I've been in the position of being bitter. Mm -hmm. I've been bitter about work stuff. And it took me a lot to come out of it. A lot of times it's ego. Yeah. Ding, and, ding, ding. and a lot of times it's bigger than... Don't if you're bitter about your job, it's bigger than, well, you be lucky to have a job. That's not even what I'm saying. Because right. I feel like that is very, like toxic positivity like yeah. oh well at least you have a job bitch so what that that's, part, not, yeah. that, that's not helping me there are other ways to kind of find gratitude in the situation that you're in and sometimes you're not going to find it in that moment right. but you can just say to the universe i am grateful for whatever lesson this is that it is you are going to teach mm -hmm. me that has not revealed itself at this point hello that is a way to flip it on its head and go forward in a positive way I, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. They don't. I'm I'm going to be honest. I know people in my life that I feel have a level of bitterness and a level of just unresolved things. Mm -hmm. And it really shows. But I don't say anything because that's not my path to walk. You got to right. figure that shit out for yourself. I can't do that for you. That's where self-awareness comes from. I can't do life. that for you. But Sometimes I wonder, though, like, when you see people like that... Are they so in it that they really don't realize it? Yeah. And especially then, like, you need to videotape them to be like, this is what you sound like to us. This is I think you, so. You, you may have to. present to us. Because even if you tell somebody. Yeah. What I've learned is if you tell somebody about themselves. One, if you've known them for a long time, the, the first thing they're going to be like, well, why didn't you tell me this 10, 15, 16, 20 years ago? Okay, that's the first thing they're going to focus right. on. Right. You'd be like, well, I tried, but you thought I was being negative. negative. Right. <laughs> and then the second thing is, if they're not in the mindset to receive it. There you go. Then you telling them that is it not going to help them. They're not ready to receive it or hear it because they're being so bitter. Yeah, that's part of why we do what we do just with this podcast is just to bring awareness to some of y'all who may listen that this could be you because it was mm -hmm. me at one point. Self-reflection. A lot of these things that we talk about are things that we've experienced mm -hmm. ourselves. Yep. But, hey, who am I? Not Dr. Phil, not Oprah. <laughs> but I can tell you what I think is required to help you stop being bitter. <laughs> um, dealing with bitterness is definitely not something that's going to happen overnight. But everything we talk about is not an overnight process. And right. it's actually, it's all, all, nothing that we talk about is linear, right? Mm -hmm. It's always ups and downs. It eb, ups definitely. and downs, ebbs and flows. Nothing is just straight, right? Um, you're definitely going to need some time reflecting on your feelings, convincing mm -hmm. yourself to let go, let it go, let, let it go. go. Um, and frozen. directing, yes, your, because you will stay frozen if you yeah. don't. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Is that what that's about? Jeez, Disney. Let me find out. That is some. Hey, Disney be putting some subliminal messages. Because if you don't, you will stay frozen. Said, look at that. Bitch. Okay, Disney. Come through with the metaphors. Okay. Y'all know that movie wasn't just for young people. It wasn't for the kids. It was for the adults. I didn't even. Okay. And how did you get? How did you break being frozen? You had to give yourself and love that person or love the situation to break yourself free from bringing folks listen look at god okay so <laughs> the first thing is doors of the church are open yes <laughs> amen um so one of the things you could do to stop being bitter is ask yourself why am i so bitter <laughs> like duh what is going on right. that is causing you to be bitter it doesn't just appear out of nowhere right yeah it has had to happen over a course of 
a period of time, just over a period of time. So what is it that is causing you to be bitter? Why are you bitter? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you figure it out why you're bitter, find your motivation to change that. Yeah. This right. It's a process though. It is. But you got to sit there and say, okay, I've been bitter for 10 years about this promotion that I never got. How are you going to move past that? If you're bitter over something, you ain't... Well, there's a lot. Because the government... Let me not even go there. Um, How has it affected your life? You may not have gotten the promotion or any other opportunities after that because you became so bitter that people didn't want to deal with you. So think about that. How has it affected your life? Well, it has affected me because I haven't moved any further. Right. Because of my attitude. There you go. But people don't realize that. People sometimes... They'll point the finger at somebody else, play the blame mm. game. And when you point your finger, guess how many fingers are pointing back at you? Hello. Some time to do some reflection, y'all. Um, forgive yourself first, because we talked about we don't forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why we become better. So you need to forgive yourself first because you make mistakes, right? And your past mistakes don't always define who you are in the future. So you can forgive yourself so that you can forge a better future for yourself. Mm-hmm. Open up to somebody, right? Maybe somebody in your inner circle can tell you, yeah, you've been better for a while, bitch. And this is why. <laughs> I've been wanted to tell you. Right. I've been wanted to tell you, but you wasn't ready to listen. But you've been, uh, better. You've been better. Right. Um, a therapist, we always talk about that. Um, sometimes talking to other people can help create closure around whatever hurtful events have created the bitterness in your life. Okay. Um, this is something that, I mean, Hey, get some physical exercise. I know it's hard. We are lazy. A lot of us are lazy by nature (laughs) and exercise is just not one of the things that we like to add into our daily routine. But maybe if you start to have these bitter thoughts or these negative thoughts, go for a walk. Yes. Because what we, we know, yes, because what we've learned is physical activity of almost any kind can counteract the physiolog- physiological effects of anger and bitterness. Why? Because it releases endorphins and then you become happier, right? Yes. may not seem like it. I will say I hate working out. I don't like it. I started walking again now that the weather has turned a mm-hmm. bit and it's gotten, I, I can walk outside without like freezing my butt off. Yeah. Um, and I do about two and a half miles in the morning. And I will say, I hate it when I get up and do it. <laughs> I'm cursing the sun, the moon, the stars. I'm cursing out everybody. And I do it. And when I come back, I'm like, whoo, I'm glad I did that. And I feel much better and my yeah. day starts better. Yeah, the endorphins um, kick in. If there's a, something physiological that happens in your brain, yeah, that really alters how you perceive and your current outlook. Yes, absolutely, life. absolutely, and it can really benefit you on so many levels. Absolutely, you know the endorphins. Yeah, um, guard against bitter thoughts. This is something that is actually going to take time because it's a habit that you have to create, right? Mm-hmm. When things upset you, your mind can easily slip back into the pessimism, the complaining, the blaming others. Think about how many times you're just sitting there, and there's memes about this, jokes about this, where mm-hmm. you're just sitting here and something that happened 20 years ago that was shameful or embarrassing just pops up into your head. And you're like, oh my God, now I got to think about this. Like, uh-huh. you have to create mental exercises to guard yourself against having these bitter thoughts. And sometimes it's just trying to put a bitter, a bitter spin, a positive spin on something that mm-hmm. happened. Um, I, 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 I can't believe I got divorced and that man just took me through the mud and you just are bitter or yeah. bitter baby mama. Right. And you mm. just, you don't, you're just a bitter baby man, mama. There's some bitter baby. There are, mama. but the right, pos- some are rightfully, so, rightfully so, but, but you can't some, stay there. They just bitter for their whole entire life. B- right. And that's sad. Sad. But if you're bitter, regardless of why you became the bitter baby mama, mm-hmm. look at the positive spin of it. You got a beautiful child out of that. Hello. And that relationship may not have worked, and that mm-hmm. other person may be toxic or just not. That other person may be toxic, not heavily involved, or you're just bitter because they just decided that the relationship was no longer did no longer serve them. They're not a bad person. They just didn't want to be with you anymore, and that created a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. in you. And you have to let that go. Find the positive spin on that. 
you you out of a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You're bitter because that person no longer wants to be with you, decided to be with somebody else, whatever the case may be. You have to look at, and I know it's hard. Again, that's why I say trying to guard against bitter thoughts is a definite mental yes. gymnastics, but it is a habit that you have to kind of keep be intentional. at, be intentional about. Exactly. I think um, it's where affirmations come into play. But right. Borderline affirmations you know, you have to guard that against being t- um, positive, toxic, toxic positivity. To- yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a balance yeah. with that. But I think affirmations help guard your thoughts for they certain do. things. They do. For certain things. They absolutely yeah. do. Um, sure. value you Value your own life energy. Mm. Um, be accountable for your emotions. That mm-hmm. is big because a lot of us don't want to be accountable for our mm. emotions. Accountability. Um, you have to take responsibility for your feelings. You have to take control over how you respond to negative issues. Um, focus on the present. No explanation needed for that. Yep. Practice daily mindfulness, which mm-hmm. is huge. You have to be fully engaged in the task um, at hand, which is working through that bitterness, you know, getting that, you know, guarding your mind against those, mm-hmm. those thoughts. Sitting with it to a point right. and then letting and right. then moving past it. Right. Um, not dwelling in the pain when you're doing that. That's that's what practicing daily mindfulness is all about. Mm-hmm. We talked about not practicing gratitude. You have to learn how to practice gratitude, right? Something every day. A grateful heart is a healing bomb for bitterness. Mm-hmm. Okay? Put it on your calendar. Like put it just like you have appointments for everything. Do that. So at nine o'clock on my phone. I always, I have an alarm at nine o'clock at every night that says, um, be, express some gratitude, mm-hmm. practice gratitude, say something that you're thankful for that happened today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I do it anyway, but it's a, it's a reminder because sometimes we take life for granted mm-hmm. and that is a way for that. I, I was being intentional about being grateful or expressing some sort of gratitude because something good happens in every day. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Every day. Yes, ma'am. You may not feel that, but you woke up, you walked to work, you got in the car, you had a car to get into, yes, to go ma'am. to a job that you do have. Like, there's something good in every day. So, that's my little soapbox yep. for that part. Hello. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, expect less of others. Now, Ooh, this is a good one. Now, it's not to say, like, I don't, ex- I expect people to do exactly what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I just do. I expect people to do exactly what it is that they're going to do. So when people do exactly what it is that they're going to do, I'm never really surprised, right? Um, it, but if people are regularly d- disappointing you and yeah. you that that does cause a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment, then you might need to lower your expectations, right? <laughs> um yes. You may, you might want your spouse or your children or family members to be more thoughtful, successful, more attentive. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not, I don't necessarily tend to subscribe to expect less of others. I just feel like you need to lower, you, you may have high, your standards may be a little too high mm-hmm. and you may need to bring them down to earth. You because set yourself up sometimes. You might be setting yourself up. If you want somebody to give you attention 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. I gotta work. I gotta take care of myself. That's called stalking. Yeah, I got this, I got that. I can't always focus. So sometimes we have to look at what we are expecting of others and decide if maybe we need to expect a little bit less. Not to say that you don't, you shouldn't expect the, 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 I feel like expecting the bare minimum isn't even right because you you should get that off the rip. Yeah, but but some folks don't have to do that. They don't. Um, now, if you don't, if, if they don't rise to your expectations, right? If you've decided, okay, yeah, my expectation is a little too high. This is what I, I, I feel is more realistic. Mm-hmm. And those people still don't move up to your realistic expectations. Then you have two choices. You accept them for, for where they're at mm-hmm. or you leave. And that's just that. Keep that's pushing. just that. Because um, you're not ever going, you're never going to be able to force people to meet your needs. Ever. They either meet them or they don't. And when you realize that they don't, are these things that you can accept or are these things that are, no, they're non-negotiables. Right. I feel like a lot of us go into situations, whether it's a job, a relationship, even with our, our with our spouse, our friends, our children, and we never decide what the non-negotiables are. We so tend to decide true. those once we get into the situation. And yes. that's when you can't do that. Right. You can't go into the job and they tell you, oh, we don't telework 
And that was a non-negotiable for you. Yep. You should have said that in the beginning. My non-negotiable is I need to have three days telework. Yep. And if they say no, then at that point you decide whether I'm still going to take this job or I'm going to take my ass elsewhere. Yep. If you get the job, if you didn't say that in the beginning, you take the job and then you say that and they're like, no, nah, that's not how this works. Mm-mm. You can't be mad at them. You didn't give them, you didn't tell them that. And right. then you can't force them to give you something. And then now you mad need. and you bitter because right. you didn't. You're mad because they didn't meet your needs, but you didn't tell them what your needs were from the beginning. Yep. And you didn't tell them what were the non-negotiables. So now you're bitter. Mm, in your feelings, feeling away. I'm you're feeling in, away. Right. You get married. You didn't say what your non-negotiables were before you got married. I think this happens a lot. It happens all the time. I don't know all any marriage that has not started time. with. Because there are non-negotiables that a lot of us just don't even think of sometimes. Yeah. But there are non-negotiables like, I cannot negotiate on this. Yeah. And I feel like that's why a lot of people wind up compromising themselves out of marriage. Yes. A lot of people compromise themselves out of marriage. And what I mean by that is we have become these people, we become bitter because we didn't go into this with, with what our non-negotiables were. Mm-hmm. We tried to establish the non-negotiables within the marriage. Now both people are fighting each other mm. because we both have non-negotiables that the other person's like, well, I'm not, that ain't, and I'm not, and that ain't. So now you've compromised and it's always one person is always, I don't care what, when marriages fail, if you mm. talk to the people after, one person's always going to feel like they compromised themselves out of their relationship. Way Meaning they may, they gave up too much. Of themselves. Whether of themselves, of, of the situation. I gave up too much money. Mm-hmm. I gave up too much of my freedom. I gave up too much of my thinking. Mm-hmm. I gave up too much of my body. Yep. I gave up too much of my time. I gave up too much of my mental well-being mm, somebody's going to feel like they compromise themselves out of that relationship yeah for sure so we you got to figure that out and then you sometimes you got to stretch beyond comfort bitterness develops a lot of time when life feels hopeless and you feel helpless so mm. if you feel like you don't have any power of your life then you're never going to have power over your life mm. so you got to push yourself to to just a little bit harder. Do something that's uncomfortable. Yes. I do want to move forward in this career, but I'm uncomfortable with that next step. You push, push yourself to do it. Yeah. Stop assuming that you can't do something. I've done that a lot to myself. I can't do this. I've talked myself out of a lot of mm. opportunities because I wouldn't stretch myself beyond my own level of comfort. Mm-hmm. That self-talk right. can go both ways. I sent a friend a job announcement yesterday mm-hmm. and the job started the the salary started at 5 515 uh $515,000 right that's mm-hmm. 500 yes and when i sent it to the person i was like you should, i really want you to apply for it the person was like yeah that person did not ever hesitate mm. to like oh hell yeah i'm going to apply for that job Didn't if you help. sent me a job in my field yeah. With that amount, I'm like, oh, I would never. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. If I had that still that mentality, oh, I would never get that. Why would I apply for something with that much money? It would never be for me. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people have already put themselves in a in a position that they will stretch themselves beyond comfort. Yeah. I'm afraid. I've always been afraid, and I feel like it's because I've been mentally trained to go get a good government job, mm-hmm. and that's what you do, and you stay in that job, and you retire in that job. I feel like a lot of us have had that mentality. The difference between the younger generations, they don't stay where they don't feel like they no. are Pension, being <laughs> served properly. Oh, right. excuse me? Um, oh, you want me I'm to out. do what? I'm out. They I'm have out. no qualms about that. No loyalty. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the no, the no loyalty to certain things has been very enlightening and empowering oh, yes. for some folks. I will say since COVID... I have dis- I have become a better person in terms of my mentality. I'm stretching myself beyond comfort because I've done a lot of things since then that I probably would have said no to mm-hmm. a while ago. And I'm in the process of doing things for myself that I wouldn't have thought about doing a year ago. I mean, two years ago, three, well, three years ago now, four years mm-hmm. ago, because I was like, oh, this is at my level of comfort, right? Um, and I always had an excuse. Oh, well, I got this. Oh, I had this. No, 
I am over, I'm definitely F loyalty because what I know and what I've learned is a mm. job is not going to be loyal to you. If you can't do something for them, they are quick to turn on you and find Ooh. somebody else to do it. So then find somebody else to do it. Yep. And that's what these young folks are. Oh, you think you can find somebody else to do it? Find somebody okay, else then, to bye. do it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and they bye. will go on about their merry way. That's a good and a bad thing, though. It is. Some folks can't, don't have any staying power. They don't. And, and a they lot don't of... know how to put, like we just said, they don't know how to push through. No, they don't. And they, but... and they still have the expectation that they should get. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever it is they should have stayed and pushed through for. Right. But you have to. In order to get that bitterness up out of you or to keep the bitterness from setting in, you got to stretch yourself beyond comfort. Yeah. So we all, with this, we've learned what? That letting go of bitterness takes great effort. Mm -hmm. But the emotional freedom that you will receive once you do that will position position you for future success. We've learned that in this podcast. If you didn't learn it, I don't know what you've been listening to. <laughs> um, <laughs> over there being bitter. You're over listening. there being bitter, right. Um, <laughs> you deserve to live outside the confines of bitterness that separate you from the joys that life has to offer. You deserve it. And live in the fact that you deserve it. Mm -hmm. um, overcoming bitterness is not easy for anyone, but neither is living with bitterness and a hostile personality. That is what it is. I know people with hostile personalities, and I know that they haven't realized that they have a hostile personality. Mm. That I know people with hot. That is a good. Maybe we should do an episode on what is a hostile personality because I know that is exactly yes. what I was trying to get at. When we were talking about like how you treat servers and stuff, I know people yes. who have a hostile personality, and I'm I never I don't understand that. Um, but anyway, um, start taking steps today to let go of bitterness and feel excited for life again. Um, I'm not gonna do the last sip because that was the last sip, and I don't want to consider myself the hood Dalai Lama because I ain't asking. Listen, <laughs> I just don't want to be known as the Dalai Lama. Okay. <laughs> The We're gonna pivot from that. Hood or not. And you know, maybe we'll talk about Gandhi or the I don't know, somebody else. I mean, what I've learned is that all idols have flaws and if ding, you ding. and, and maybe you don't have an idol. Yeah. It's probably best that you just don't have one because everybody that I know that we've held to a higher standard has had some bullshit behind them. From Usually. MLK yeah. to JFK, yeah, down to the Dalai Lama, like everybody. Jared from Subway. I mean, everybody that people have held on a pedestal have somewhat shown that there is some away. some shit with them. So, uh, mm. and that's it. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, with that, we're going to take a quick break. No, we ain't. We're oh, going. We're done. We done. <laughs> My bad. So, so what we're going to do is thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week on Sip and Tea with Nat and Z. You know, you can follow us on IG. Oh, that all rhymed. Mm -hmm. Sip and Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore pod. And on Facebook, Sip and Tea Nat and Z to get podcasts, topics, guest news, and thanks for listening. And you're going to catch us next week where we are not going to talk about healing. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned to find out what that topic is. <laughs> Have a good week, y'all.